Welcome to the Rewind. This is Keenan. And this is Jonah. So uh, this episode is going to be a little, I'm not going to say chaotic, but it'll be a little bouncing forward. It's a bonus. Uh, we're taking a bit of a hiatus uh, this month, but we're going to be recording and trying to build up some content so that we can actually like talk to you from the past, but like you'll be listening to it in the present and it's a whole weird timey-wimey thing, but you're going to be into it, right? Yes, they always are. <laughs> so um, this episode, not only we're here to tell you that we're going to take a break, but we've had a little bit of interaction uh, through our socials and on the polls. And so we wanted to take a moment to say thank you to those of you who have sent us stuff or responded to our tweets or commented on Instagram or even on our new Facebook that we totally turned our noses up for season one. Yeah, like we, <laughs> it's really showing us because, you know, we have people, we've been getting followers nonstop. And, um, and I say that as if we have like tons of followers, but it's just been really surprising to me, the response to the Facebook page, the immediate response, you know, right. And, uh, people are engaging and, you know, we're reaching people on a different level. And I, I guess I really, we really underestimated Facebook. Yeah, we did. It pains but me to say that, but, you know. I think it is, it is truly the power of like our local community because we're able to, to contact, communicate a little bit easier with like some of our fans who may not be super into Instagram or or Twitter, TikTok, or, or Twitter. So yeah. it, you know, Facebook still serves a niche, and as as marketers, we should have known better. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I think I'm just so ashamed and embarrassed. I'm like, what kind of marketer are you? Like, you're a joke. <laughs> so um, we're going to hop into a little bit of uh, just a few comments, right? Okay. So first on Twitter from. Uh, Fleetwood fan 80s. I love that name. I'm a huge Fleetwood Mac fan. Mm -hmm, um, me too. After we posted the episode, they commented and said at the rewind underscore pod. I just listened to this episode and I enjoyed it thoroughly. I completely forgot to say that it was about Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas. Uh, <laughs> but they 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 get me right in the next line. I said, I'm so glad hashtag Zoe's Christmas helped get you in the Christmas spirit. It certainly made mine merry. Here's hoping at the Roku channel will hashtag renew Zoe's playlist. Fingers crossed. Uh, mm -hmm. Yes, 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 Roku. Give us more Zoe. We want it. I, I'm telling you, they are, if they do not continue Zoe's in some form or fashion, whether it's more TV movies or, or another series, uh, another season, it they're foolish. They're fools. If that, yes. I mean, because the the audience, like the fans, have really eaten this this uh, special movie event up. Like it was, it was, it was a really so hot commodity during the holiday yeah. season, and um. And it's definitely, I've rewatched it several times. It is, it is truly surprising to me how 
that movie, both that and Single All the Way, really just totally reshaped my feelings about the holidays going into it. Yes, yes. I've definitely found two movies that I, I will add to my like holiday rotation. Yeah, I can see myself uh, like in a year getting, like in this December, getting excited for Christmas specifically because I'll be watching yes, 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 Zoe's yes. and Single All the Way again. Yes, like, or in telling like new friends, like, have you seen this? Uh, let's watch it. I want to uh-huh. see you watch it. Um, and so our fan, our fan, our friend, Fleetwood fan, 80s, uh, continue after I thanked them for their comment. They said, of course, us Zoe's playlist fans have to support each other. So, oh, that, that was so special. And then yeah. uh, when we asked people um, what was their favorite song they let us know that time after time it's probably their favorite uh, uh, one of the numbers and uh, it was just something be- it was in- it was just incredible and they felt it was a gift so I so agree the time so after beautiful. time get the most votes or um, or were those the only me, <laughs> well let me share my screen no that was from the Twitter just like when we said hey tell us you know, what was your favorite number? I oh, think okay, yeah. I think it's we were sharing like our favorite number pieces as like audio clips or video clips on online. Mm-hmm. Since we're on since we're on Zoe's, do we want to talk about the a very special comment that we got from one of the show's stars? On Instagram, yes, let's do that. Mm-hmm. Tell us, tell us, tell so us. So on Instagram, we posted this teaser, uh, one of the teasers uh, from our episode covering Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas. And it's a clip of you talking about how all you wanted was like from this movie and for Christmas was Mo and like a red gown and like singing um, All I Want for Christmas is You. And um, and th- we didn't get that, but we did get um, him singing The Most Wonderful Time of the Year. And it was an even just as good of a performance as you could have imagined. And after we posted that, um, lo and behold, uh, the Alex Newell commented on that post and he said it was supposed to be all I want for Christmas is you, but clearing songs is hard. Exclamation, exclamation, heart, heart. Yes. And so can you like imagine that movie was what, four months from pitch to production. Mm-hmm. So, and I can imagine like how much that song is has to be crazy expensive to get to use in like a movie mm-hmm. but I it was still like it was a classic and I still loved it and the fact that Alex Newell like responded to us just it it warmed my heart and mm-hmm. I I, I kind of wept I was so excited I thought you were gonna say you wept yourself maybe a little bit <laughs> um so <laughs> I guess I, I definitely told y'all it was going to be a bit chaotic and we we're going to figure it out as we went along. Uh, so since we're here, we did a little poll on the episode and we said, uh, what did you think about how the film wrapped Zoe's story? And we said, did you love it or did you not love it? And of our three votes, they loved it! As Yay! Did we, as did we. And though we hope that we're going to get a bit more um, we're going to get to see a little bit more from the Clark crew. Um, 
Jonah, do you want to go into the Q&A and give us the Zoe's Q&A responses? Yeah. Okay. So we also asked on the uh, pod page, um, what was your favorite number from Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas? We got a couple of responses. Let's see. I can't really see that name. It's J. J. We. No, what is that? Um. So it's a like random it's letters. letters. And... So we're just gonna say it is L W E J I dash G B is their uh, yes. username for Spotify. Okay. Um. They said think need a little Christmas slash just the two of us. And most wonderful time, but I have a special place in my heart for a wish you were here and what Christmas means to me. It's sweet to end with a father-daughter song. Oh, yeah. Yes, That's a really yes, good it point. Was. It was a very sweet, tender, like, yes. conclusion after yes. all the chaos of that evening. And you know how much, like, I wanted to see, like, Perry and his kids and Alex and and, and well, Alex and Mo and you know just that whole interaction and see Mo become a part of that family so for Mo to go you know what I stole this baby's show I'm about to make this about her right now and then to like have have Perry come up and sing with them and then Alex join them it's and then there were like little flashes of the sun. He wasn't up singing, but he was very much living for it. Mm-hmm. Ugh, warmed my heart. It was it was everything I wanted for the Mo and Perry story. Yeah. Um, and so Callie Jess one also responded to the question of what their favorite number from Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas was. They say, wish you were here. It was a... That, that was, was a, a heavy one. It was, it was heavy, but it was so good. And you know, I I think I had heard in like an interview, because I got, I kind of went on like a rabbit hole of like stalking the stars inter- like interviews during the press tour for this movie, which was a lot of Jane Levy and Skylar Aston, of course, doing interviews. And I want to say one of them, maybe Jane... Uh, or it may have been Skyler actually because he was the he was the one having to watch and react in that scene. Um, mm-hmm. That that was one of the ones that he felt was the most impactful, or maybe the, the most uh, definitely the most emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget exactly why uh, he highlighted it, but I think it was something like it was it was interesting because the things that he was talking about that make that number so good were also things that I had mentioned during our episode with Lizzie uh, that stood out to me, which was the way they were all in sync uh, as like a family mm-hmm. and the way that uh, like the perfect moment in the song where the like focuses on Maggie and she looks up and she starts into that other like verse and the the tone of the music shifts um I was like okay yeah so that's a thing I I I wasn't over hyping it 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 was all intentionally crafted down to the very last note and lyric and so um yeah it's just really cool to hear like some of the stars 
right. um, talk about it because uh, speaking of Jane Levy and Skylar Aston both said that their favorite number was the um, Need a Little Christmas, Just the Two of Us um, so dual good. number. Uh, yeah. yeah, and they said that was the, the most fun to shoot as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's 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 become one of those things that's developed a community like a sense of community. And so when you yes. talk about this with other people, there's like a warmness and a sort of, of love and appreciation for this show and that movie right. um, that you can just feel in, in your interactions with other people, like just reading these responses, you know, you can feel that. And um, I think it's because that show has such a deeper meaning than a lot of um, television content. I think it was meant to, I think it successfully does um, pull off a deeper message and just singing and dancing around, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, it's super special. Yeah, they, they uh, like our, our friends Fleetwood, like they, so if you remember from the episode, how I said we became really involved in the Save Zoe's kind of like hashtag world. Um, Fleetwood started following our account and, you know, interacted with us kind of regularly because we were all just clamoring for this show. So look, yeah, there was definitely a community on Twitter while I was there trying to like see what was going on and like trying to get a little bit more information about you know, when we're going to hear something. That movie, it it just makes me so happy to even think about it. And I'm so honored. Yeah, it honored. makes my heart smile when I, when I think about it. I'm like, I'm not used to shows doing this to me. You know, I'm used to having certain feelings and emotions, nostalgia mm -hmm. and that kind of thing with, with shows. But um, even Buffy doesn't make me smile in that same way. Like Buffy is a different kind of emotion. It's a range of emotions. It's, mm -hmm. but like this show just really, when I think about it and when I sit down to watch it, it's like, I get glowy inside and I'm like, do I like musicals? <laughs> <laughs> just like, ease it, ease is, into who, it. what's happening to me? Like, do, do I, really love musicals and and is it also like did i did i really well, actually love christmas all along and and didn't know it until i watched these movies well i think for the musicals jonah it's for it, with everyone else it's that question of why is everyone singing and dancing zoe's tells you why they're singing and dancing mm -hmm. because it's their thoughts mm -hmm. this is how i'm reading their mind yeah and i i think i think it like okay in your mind, it's like, this is why this is happening. Oh, I know this song. I'm into mm -hmm. it. Yeah, it's like there's a logic to it, even though it's like virtually impossible <laughs> to exist in the real world, or maybe not. I don't know. But like, Never know. In, you know, likely not. We don't know that it does. And so um, you, I think having that logic laid out for you makes it feel more natural and realistic mm -hmm. for me at least as far as the scope of this world goes but like yeah I'm, I'm with you like when I see a musical and there's no explanation for why they're singing and dancing it feels so inauthentic or something I don't know it's hard for me yeah. to settle my settle my mind into that world 
Um, yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, this is me. I'm I'm walking through Walmart singing to myself. <laughs> so yes, no, I'm I'm here. I've already bought the fact that everyone's singing and dancing. That's let's, funny. Let's rock and roll. So now we're gonna hop over to uh, single all the way. Uh, okay, I got to take a moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. When we can, because you know, we both work full-time jobs and, and we're very tired when we get home, but we really <laughs> do try to put some effort into social media. And um, and I'll get on Twitter and I'll, you know, look at the content, like tweets in regards to content that we recently shared. And um, at Rachel L. Brooke, L is an E.L. Brooke. Uh, wrote, I know everyone's been watching Don't Look Up, which was fucking fantastic. Yes. That uh, needs its own <laughs> podcast episode, honestly. We probably should. Um, so, let me start over. So, I know everyone's been watching Hashtag Don't Look Up on at Netflix, right? And yeah, it's great, but seriously, who watched Hashtag Single All The Way? Uh, and then she tagged the writer, Chad Hodge, uh, and Michael Yuri and the real Philemon. Yes. So we commented on that tweet and said we watch it and we did a review and we shared a link to our podcast with a very cute picture, which is like the sing- one of the single all the way promo pictures with Jonah and I and our, our thinking our poses. thinking faces. And actor Flippin uh, Chambers. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> What's his name, Tina? Fleeman. <laughs> I got tickled. I got so tickled. You got overwhelmed. It's okay. I did. I uh, responded and said, I watched it. He used an exclamation mark. So that's why I got uh, emphatic right there. Um, No, he said, I listened to it. Oh, wow. I did say I watched it. (laughs) He said, I listened to it. You... And well, look, I, I when I read it, I read it with that same level of intensity and enthusiasm that you just did, right? I'm like, oh. okay, he's excited. At <laughs> I first, I was that. like, okay, so I was in Target buying groceries. I was like, what? No, no, let me backtrack. I was in traffic on the phone with my mother and saw the, <laughs> and I saw the, uh, the update and I screamed. And my mom goes, oh my God, did you get in a wreck? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, hold on, hold on. Oh my God. An actor from a movie we just reviewed responded to a tweet. And she was like, oh. (laughs) And I was like, I got to pull over because I need to send this to Jonah. Uh, I think it's going to make his day like 1200% better. Yes. And I was having a real shit day too, and you knew it. And I when did. I tell you, when you sent me that, it turned it all around. Like there was no way I could not leave work <laughs> smiling. I wanted to run into the streets outside of my <laughs> office and scream, Believe in Chambers likes our podcast. <laughs> Even though he didn't say that he liked it, he just said he listened to it. But I, in my I mean, head, head cannon. he head cannon yes, is. <laughs> He subscribed and he it's now his new favorite podcast as far as yes. I'm concerned. As far as I'm concerned, yes. So I ended up in Target because I was like buying groceries and I was just like like frantically texting Jonah things because and like it was in kind of an ongoing thing. So um we 
you know, we were like, oh, it was our honor and, and our duty to talk about like queer content, yada, yada, yada. And so he responded and he, um, he said, thank you for talking about Single All The Way. And I know I'm not the only from the cast and crew that appreciates it. And so not only did he take the time out of his schedule to let us know he liked it, but then like to follow up on our, are just like very like, oh, thank you so much. You even have to tell us that you listened to it, you know, like bowing down comments. It, it was, it was, it was such a good moment. And, you know, sometimes we say often on this podcast, like, you know, this is fun for us. And even if two people, I, there's a recurring, I know many of you have probably not listened to the first season, but on the first season, there's a recurring joke that there's only two people listening to this, <laughs> to these episodes. Um, and Oh, I'm and, convinced we've gone up to four now. Okay, I'm into it. Yeah, because I mean, clearly, Philemon is... Uh, oh, is, he's one is of a, them. It's one of them. <laughs> and the writer, Chad Hodge, retweeted our... our uh, we did a review and linked to our pockets. He retweeted that. So... I mean, that was very I, cool. That was very it, cool and surprising. Was, I, I mean, he retweeted. That's such a big deal. And people responded to that, I think. And so yeah. I, I really, I, so in my head, whenever Fleeman said, when he said, I know I'm not the only one from the cast and crew that appreciates it. What that means to me is that he instantly sent it to everyone in the cast, including Jennifer Coolidge and Kathy and Jimmy, and they all loved it. And they were all in like a one thread talking about how, you know, how fun it was, how yes. adorable our chemistry is, and how <laughs> how I mean, they the love the us day, and our podcast. <laughs> head canon, Kathy and Jimmy knows that I love her, and. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge knows that she is a queen and they love us. And it's, it just means so much. No, but seriously, I, it was just such an honor and it, for, for them to, to take the time to appreciate us really yeah. meant something. Uh, it made my mundane life <laughs> so special. Yeah. Uh, you know, even if it was for the night, at some point, I was standing in front of a produce texting Jonah. And you know how you can feel someone standing behind you? I like Ooh, looked yeah. up and over and there was this girl just kind of like patiently waiting for me to move. And uh-huh. instead, I just she like- She probably saw that you were gushing about something <laughs> and she didn't want to interrupt you. It took every fiber in my being to not go, I'm so sorry, but an actor on a movie that I just reviewed on my podcast responded to our tweet and I'm <laughs> a little excited. I didn't do that. I did do that at checkout. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was just like, I was so, I was grinning and the girl asked me, she was like, well, how's your day? And I was like, it, something really great happened and it really made my day and she asked me what it was. <laughs> and Look, well, she invited that. She asked you and it would have been rude not to tell her. So, uh, but it, you know, like I said, it really made a, a, it was a moment for me and I felt, I felt great because it, it just validates what we're doing. Not that we needed validation, but it's still like people appreciate yeah. it. We don't need validation from anyone else. We validate each other constantly, I think. 
to keep ourselves going. So like, I think it is nice when you get it from the outside too, a little bit. And, and, yeah. and of all people from the actual artists, the, the ones who help make this thing reality and put it and put this masterpiece together. And, you know, we weren't like, we we were a bit critical in some ways we, of, no, of the film. That, that, and that is why I was shocked that the writer retweeted. Yeah. Because I was like... I'm like, we, wait, did he we listen were very before? Honest. <laughs> we were very honest about things. And, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes people can fully appreciate that because at the end of the day, we love the work. And mm-hmm. if you... I think you have a right to criticize the media you consume and you can still love something and critique it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I think we can always look at something that we love and say, well, yeah. <laughs> this could have been different, but at the end of the day, you love it. You love the work. Yeah, that's, I mean, kind of the beauty and the point of art, right? Is the yeah. is perception. Like, what's your perception of this piece and what does it mean to you and how do you think it could be different or be better or, you know, maybe it's perfect to you. Like, yeah. everybody, I think we've, we've gotten to a point in our society where we are critical of critiquing, even when it's like done appropriately. And, you know, it doesn't yeah. have to be that way. That takes away the depth of you know human perception and like absorbing art you know and right I hear it all the time on podcasts that I listen to when they say oh that I get these comments of like oh well you don't even like the show or do you like why are you doing a podcast on this you don't even like it and they're like no I love this show and I want more for it and sometimes if a story isn't great or if an episode was kind of blah like I am, this is what I do. I've taken on this role as, as being a reviewer. I'm critiquing this piece of media. So yes, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to just say, this is fantastic. And it may be not be like this. I, I want to be honest with people. And I, I think there's something genuine in that and can be appreciated. And uh, yeah, but this is, this is what we love. We, at the end of the day, we love this stuff. And if we think it can be better, then we say what we say. And who knows, maybe those words can influence that person's next project. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. In my also in my head canon, Chad Hodge took our art critiques and he's gonna be factoring that into the sequel. That's what I believe. You can't take that from me. <laughs> I still want the sequel to be Aunt Sandy on a singles cruise. <clears throat> Oh, I don't know. A, a cruise post-COVID? Eh. Well, it doesn't exist in this world, and they're all going to be on a back lot in Canada. I thought they mentioned <laughs> a little bit about the pandemic in that film. Did they not? At the oh, top? I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember, to be completely honest. I tend to avoid anything COVID-related, and that's what's taken me so long to get through uh, the morning show. Mm. yeah but the thing about the morning show is it's so interesting the way they do it except the timeline's a bit confusing for me and the second season but Mm -hmm. I do think they do it in a rather um, interesting way because it's like a background player like the pandemic is a background it is element the whole season until the very end and then the shit hits the fan well I'm I 
um, spoilers, uh, skip ahead about 15 seconds. I'm at where uh, Mitch dies. And oh my God, uh, Mitch dies? Bitch, you told me you listened to this already. <laughs> I, I watched it already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm on the episode basically right after everyone finds out and <laughs> Mitch's ex wife was <laughs> told off <laughs> Alex. Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm at the. I'm. It's where I am now. Is after when uh, Bradley's brother is drunk in the studio. Oh, that scene is so intense. That it's was so upsetting. Hard. That was hard, it especially was. like at the end when he's like screaming his apologies as he's being dragged off. Oh God, oh, it's it so hard me to up. watch. It rips me. Well, up. it's hard to watch as when as someone who has addiction deeply rooted in his family i Mm. i saw so much of that same thing in people close to me um they say really hurtful things they go out of their way to say really cruel things and try to guilt you and manipulate you and i and they i have to stop and say the actor who plays the brother does such a great job and like interacting off of Reese's character mm-hmm. and Reese does a great job reacting from his and I mean they're very convincing as a brother sister as a very toxic brother sister relationship oh such a good show it and it's overall a really a good season that second season yeah. I think so on our Facebook page we posted a, a sort of promotional uh, post about um, a new episode coming the the season two premiere of the Rewind podcast before um, we dropped the episode Sing All The Way. Of course, Sing All The Way was our first episode of the season. And so when we posted that, um, well, not when, but like later on, uh, we had a listener comment. We'll call him Ronald. Um, Ronald gave us a very, it's a, a little bit long of a, a, a comment, but it's very thoughtful and very interesting he makes some really cool points that honestly I didn't even think about before when I was watching it and when I go back through I feel like I'm gonna have Ronald's like uh, notes (laughs) right there so I can kind of go by and see like you know because it's he makes some really cool points so uh buckle up it's a little bit lengthy but we'll get through it and it's all very interesting uh and he has some great things to say about the podcast so um ronald says hi there i really enjoyed listening to this episode this was the first time i listened and enjoyed it i had pretty much the same experience and enjoyment i think he's referring to like our response to the the film so he's agreeing um a couple of extra things I got out of it was in maybe the second or third scene where Peter is talking to his plants, he mentions how the plants saved him from a broken heart. In the Christmas party scene, he also mentions his desire to one day start a plant shop. Contrast this with his relationship of being micromanaged by his current boss, and it becomes pretty clear that Peter is off track in terms of following his real passions in life, and plants could be a symbol of his love life. His mother asking him to fix the sad poinsettia, a Christmas plant, symbolizes where Peter is with his relationship to Christmas, 
and love and his family at that point in the film. Very good point. And very, I love the symbolism. And I forgot that line of fix the side points that out. Like, I have to go back and watch that, watch for that. His mother asked him to fix it up while nagging him about being in a relationship and happy. The other plant symbol in the film is the Christmas tree bought with James. We know Christmas trees have to be thrown out after Christmas, even though they are fun while they last. This could be seen as a symbol of Peter's relationship with James. Nick, (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Nick's quote unquote lack of a backstory is because he doesn't have a family where many people go at Christmas, unable to be with his mother and Peter's observation that Nick always has a boyfriend at Christmas. Plus, when Peter says on the ski lift that Nick has been by himself since age 17, which I don't know if I... He I did. That. Yeah, he did. But you remember how it was like we never know like if his if his mother died and he was alone or right. or if if they like kicked him out because at the end at the very beginning of the movie um when he's talking about Christmas he's like, "Oh, you're going to be alone with thoughts about your mom." So that mm-hmm. makes us think that he that she's dead, right? So later, when he talks about Nick being alone since he was 17, that's when I made the switch and went, is his mother dead or did he come out at 17 and then get kicked out and Mm -hmm. get kicked out at 17? Yeah. We don't know. And so that's, you may not remember that from the episode, but like that was one of the things that I was like, no, we don't know. (laughs) So he's saying that, that, um, that suggests that Nick doesn't have a family uh, Nick's agreement to visit Peter's family is more about him spending time with Peter's family while not wanting to do the sham boyfriend thing. During the film, Nick enjoys spending time with Peter's family and he is considered part of the family. In addition, Nick's passion is writing. The book Saving Emmett, based on Nick's experience, is about Emmett finding a new home after being abandoned by Emmett's family, reflecting Nick's own experience. The reason that Peter is not in the book It's because when Nick wrote the book, Nick was not part of Peter's family. Nick talks about his work in terms of being a writer and like liking being a tasker. He says he's good at it and he enjoys helping people. Unlike Peter, he always seems very comfortable in his choice of work. Peter is used to calling the shots and running things and being in control. His love for Nick is deep and he's afraid of taking the next step because he can't control the possible outcome. Hence the jump in no fear comment. As plants equal love for Peter, the plant shop gift symbolizes the ultimate unconditional gift of love and a fulfillment of Peter's deep desires. Don't forget that when Nick gives this Christmas present, he thinks he has been rejected, hence unconditional love. During the love declaration scene in the plant shop, there is the lovely line about Nick being ready for a family. This is Nick's dream too. The final scene with the second Emmett book, which now has Peter, symbolizes Nick finding a family. And just as Peter has his plant shop, Nick starts to ride again. The outward storylines reflect and symbolize their inner passions. Anyhow, that was something that I got out of it. I have subscribed and look forward to listening to past and future episodes. (gasps) (laughs) Ronald. 
Ronald, these so many amazing points. Yes, that was so thoughtful. Um, I love that he laid it all out. Um, like, I mean, it truly feels when you're reading it like it's a, like it's a review, like a professionally written review of the film in a way. Like has someone's taken it and sort of analyzed like the plots. I mean, he goes really deep and the way that he, according to his angle, it almost makes you look at it a little bit differently in the sense of how we, you know, we were talking about how this feels a lot like Peter's story. It feels, we feel like we're getting more Peter and not enough Nick. And, you know, it's, it starts out with his storyline first and it just feels very overwhelming sometimes. Um, and Nick feels like a background player, but the way that Ronald describes it, it makes you kind of see it in a different light and that maybe this is just as much Nick's story as it is Peter because Nick gets the family that he hasn't been able to have and has probably longed for um and then he and then also the love of being with like you know love between he and peter and being able to fulfill that and then also mm-hmm. finding passion in his passion again yeah them both finding passion in his passion. and i think so it's really like that it's their story of them finding and and embracing their true passions and also their love for each other and their love for family and I think all of that is so beautiful it really just enriches the story for me um I'm so I really love that yeah I'm definitely excited to re-watch with those notes in mind mm-hmm. uh, and it'll definitely make me appreciate more I still want to know whether or not Nick's mom is dead or if he was kicked out yeah I don't know but you know at the end of the day it's gonna matter he's been alone since he was 17 Mm -hmm. I just want to know because I'm nosy uh oh that was so I'm leaning towards estranged that's what I'm leaning towards that would be an interesting sequel right yeah Oh, Ronald, thank you so much for sharing those thoughts with us. We truly, truly appreciate it. And now we shall go on to the Single All the Way poll. And we ask, who was the standout character in Single All the Way? And our options were Nick, Peter, Carol, Harold the Dad, um, I don't think Harold got as much love, but I love Barry <laughs> Boswick. And he had some truly good parts. Mm-hmm. Wine. <laughs> that was so good. Um, Lisa, older sister, and of course, Aunt Sandy. We had two votes. Drum roll. I think I'll find a drum roll sound. Uh, Jonah, do you want to give us the, um, the results of that? I put... I put it in the chat. And the winner of best standout character and single all the way is Christmas Carol. So Kathy to Jimmy. (laughs) By a landslide. (laughs) A landslide, yes. Uh, You know what? Maybe we'll get more people voting in our polls in the future. But I just like, I appreciate someone taking the time to do that. Thank you so much. Yeah. 
Thank um, you for just acknowledging our polls. Oh, yes. that came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then there's Shona. the soundbite. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I've literally just made myself blush. How is that possible? I don't know. That's wild. And I pick up my glass like I'm going to have a drink on that. It is empty. At Bitch, some point they time, ain't nothing in that. <laughs> there's a swallow. You have guzzled that shit. I did not guzzle it. I have been sipping on this for quite a Look, while. everyone. Keenan probably doesn't want you to notice, but he has been <laughs> drinking that wine well before we ever started recording. We had I a full-on t- chat had... session what? in a totally different exactly. Zoom before. Which means, which means that I couldn't have been, like, guzzling it because this is probably, like, hour two of us talking, and I've been going through one class. I mean, I don't know that. You did get up at one point and go away before you started the new To get podcast, my though. unsweet tea. I love how you're drinking both wine, red wine at that, and unsweet tea. That has to be <laughs> blasphemy in some way. No, I really do need to get some water because it's definitely, it's like dry. It's like all dry. It's like the cab stab with unsweet tea in my mouth is like, bitch, you have been talking for two yeah, hours. like that cotton mouth is, <laughs> is, is strong. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so we've gone through the tweets. We've gone through Facebook. We've gone through Twitter. We did the polls and the Q&As. We talked about our, um, are a little bit of a hiatus. Um, so I think that's it, right? Well, I think we wanna, to- do we wanna give them a little bit of a teaser of what's to come after the hiatus so that they don't divorce us between now and then? Yes. Um, do you have your calendar pulled up? Because I do not have one. I don't, but I'm pulling that up right now as we speak. Brilliant, I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> we were prepared in all the other ways. Except that one. <laughs> uh, while you're doing that, I just want everyone to know that as of yesterday, uh, McDonald's no longer has $1 large beverages. And I went by to get my unsweet tea and small <laughs> fry as like a little treat because it had been a particularly horrible day. And uh, the total was not what I expected it to be. And I looked at the guy and I was like, how much is that soda? Or I got an unsweet tea, so it wasn't a soda. I was like, how much is that drink? He said, oh, it's gone up. And I was like, oh, I have not been here in a while. He's like, oh, well, it's been, uh, it happened today. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to need to get that small. Because Man, I did not the timing. Oh, the it was timing upsetting. of it all, yes. <laughs> if you had just rolled through, like, one day earlier, you could have gotten that $1 large tea. Sometimes you don't feel like making tea at the house. Like, it's a I process. never make tea at the house, unless it's just hot tea at night, like chamomile or something. I never make sweet tea anymore. Well, I, you don't drink sweet tea, but I do, because drinking it any other way is like, I'd rather be drinking battery acid, but... I love um, unsweet tea. Oh, God, no. It's, it's just so it's, refreshing. It like, literally, a, on ice, it's so, no, oh, it's so good. Tina, no, it literally makes my taste buds angry. <laughs> if I pick up a tea, if I pick up a tea, and I think it's a sweet tea, or I'm expecting a sweet tea, and it has no sugar in it, I will literally burn whatever building I'm standing in <laughs> to the ground 
That is so upsetting. It's you, almost as upsetting as traffic. Well, so like I will get upset when I'm around my mom and like I'll put down my unsweet tea and she'll have a sweet tea, but her cup will be too close to mine and I'll pick up the wrong one and I drink from it and I'm like, because I'm not <laughs> expecting the sugar and it's so much. Uh-huh. It's like it just punches me in the face. It just jump starts those taste buds, right? I'm like, no, I don't want any of this. I don't want <gasps> any of that. I do have to say McDonald's sweet tea is always obscenely sweet it's it's disgustingly sweet i can't have it it's too much it It makes me sick after a few sips of it honestly i got one tonight teeth hurt yeah but i say that as i drink red diamond sweet tea they are not a sponsor but if you would like to be (laughs) i mean red diamond we are currently accepting sponsors yes (laughs) and red diamond sells an unsweet tea and it is also tasty Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they also sell that weird diet tea where it's like made with Splenda, and I'm like, that's blasphemy. That's even more blasphemy than unsweet tea. Like, don't. But if you don't shit. sponsor us, it's delicious. Yes, if you like <laughs> the aftertaste of accept- aspartame, it's delicious. <laughs> if you give us money to promote you and your brand, um, we will choose to love the shitty Splenda tea. So. <laughs> Um, how much, don't they make a lemonade too? Oh, am I, I making know. that up? I might be making that up. I could be making that up. I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't because I feel like it isn't like uh, lemonade and tea kind of, aren't they like cousins or something and, in the I, beverage world? I, I don't know about all that, but there is <laughs> like a, a half and half lemonade tea situation called an Arnold Palmer. Right. The li- I like to call an Arnie Palm. Uh, a palm no arnie palm <laughs> arnie palm please no okay uh, so we got it it's late we're <laughs> about to run out of juice um <laughs> and when i say juice i mean like recording time on the zoom so yeah um so uh, what are, what do we have coming down the pipe keenan oh wait you can't see the list but i know that you know what our next episode is going to be would you like to share with them is it spider-man it is Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm Spider-Man, no way home. Y'all, I know it's going to be well after a million people have seen it. And yes, but you Which know Which is what? fine because it won't be, the risk of spoilage yeah, will not I, be as we're high. We're just not into being spoilery. Uh, but I, I will let you know that I've already watched it once. I fucking loved it. And uh, I can't wait to talk about it. And I'm probably going to watch it again. And uh, no, we're recording it Sunday. We're recording in a couple of days. So I only have time to watch it once more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> timey wimey. Okay, Jonah, keep going. That wine is really hitting you, my friend. And I am enjoying every second of it. I guess um, I should be drinking wine for every episode. <laughs> well, you know, we started that. We started we? like in season one, drinking wine with every episode. And we at some point stopped doing that. Like, and then I think we also got, like, quieter as we did it, too. Yeah, well, because like, as we cut we it out, we were much more watching the show than we were talking about <laughs> right, <laughs> about right. it. Okay. Yeah, we would get lost in Buffy so much. as So funny. easy to do. So other things coming up um, post-hiatus in February. Um, of course, Spider-Man No Way Home will be reviewing. We're also going to be reviewing the highly... 
acclaimed anticipated Scream 5. Very excited about that. Gotta watch um, the, the first spot, four. Yeah, get on that. It's been a while. And I don't, so I've been listening to another podcast and they've been talking like they've been breaking down those movies. And I have seen three. But I don't remember. I was like, oh, I forgot. Like, I forgot Parker Posey was in it. So I'm excited to get to it because I love her. Um, and <laughs> I definitely have not seen four. Which is funny that you say that because season three is the least liked Scream. Or not season. Mo- uh, Scream three is the least yeah. liked movie of all I, of the Screams. I remember liking two. Yes, that's, I, so, okay, so I, at some point, Googled the screams, or I saw a list of them, and Scream 2 is, is the highest rated as, as far as, like, audience reviews and stuff, so mm-hmm. I think it's an, the audience favorite is Scream 2, and I agree, I really like that one, um, it was really one of those surprisingly, those kind of movies where that, the sequel ends up being just as good, if not better, than the first, uh, of course, the first is like a classic. It stands on its own anyway. But this, but see, the Scream 2 is is really good. Plus, we have our girl Sarah Michelle Gellar in it. And Clearly is she wild. really puts up a fight. And it reminds me so much of the uh, scene in I Know What You Did Last Summer when she also puts up a fight against the you know what I'm gonna Oak have to go, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to uh, go against you on that I remember going what they got Buffy like that <laughs> I, really? I, felt, I remember watching I know what you did last summer and was offended I was like really? is this the death scene they gave her can she get a punch in a kick Oh yeah, I would. No, but I she, it was being... such a long scene though of her, him chasing her, her literally fighting for her life. Like there's yeah, moments she where did, it, oh yeah, because she, she did make it so close. Maybe I was so just close. mad that she died altogether. Yeah, I think it's it, like probably, and also because she was so close. She was so she close was right to there, the braid. Right? Yes, yes, the braid was right there. She was Ugh. so close, and she stopped, and they had her stop. They wrote that she stopped and turned around and listened for it to look at a sound or something. And then when she turns around to go back to the parade, he he's right there and he guts her. And but she, even while he's doing that, she's still trying to fight him. So to me, it was in even more of a mm. fight back than the maybe, screen two scene. Maybe I need to go back and rewatch it. I just remember maybe I was just like, "What they got Buffy?" That's probably where I was. Yeah, no, I think if you do go back on, you'll see that it's, it's, you know, uh, it, she did pr- put up a pr- pretty good fight, uh, especially compared to her character in Scream 2. That scene's oh. not nearly as long. Oh, yeah, she didn't, uh, yeah. Oh, Sarah Michelle, I love how you can just make it into all the conversation. The queen of the 90s, as far as I'm concerned. Love it. You know, my mom cannot stand her because of a role she <gasps> played on a soap opera. <laughs> Kendall Hart. Yes, my mom was like, I can't stand that bitch. <laughs> that was, oh my God, that's so funny. How, why are parents like that? Why are, are, you, why are parents and grandparents know, like that about their story, stories? Story. <laughs> do you know who else my mom holds a grudge against? Cannot, cartoon characters she cannot stand? Maggie Simpson. She cannot what? stand, she's like, that damn baby with that pacifier. can't stand her. Your mom sounds like what you may very well become Probably. in the next my 10 mom to 15 is years. also not a fan of Diana Ross. Like very like ugh, 
anti Diana Ross. And I'm like, damn, mama, did she steal your man back in the day? What happened? <laughs> Ooh, she's going to kick my ass for telling these stories, but she can't stand Maggie Simpson and Angelica so from funny. Rugrats. She can't. She's like, oh, I just want to kick her across the okay. room. Angelica is a, <laughs> Angelica is a true bitch. <laughs> let's just, <laughs> let's just, let's just own that. Like she is like, She's the worst. And you know what's funny? I have a a, a cousin, one of my younger cousins. Uh, we grew up watching Rugrats and she's a few years younger than me. And she would hate it because I would call her Danielica. Because her name's Danielle, my cousin. And Are we going to have to cut this? No, I, no. I, she'll never listen to this. But I also, <laughs> I almost want to cut this out as a clip and send it to her. <laughs> <laughs> but like Danielica, it was such a perfect fit. And she also, I always thought as like then back then she acted so much like that character because that character was really spoiled and she was really spoiled, which she probably wouldn't agree to. But um, like we had a very much a sibling kind of relationship. And so I think that she would appreciate that more now. So she hated, <gasps> she would literally go screaming to her mother every time I called her Danielica. <laughs> Mama, Jonah's calling me Daniela again. <laughs> um, I love you, cuz. <laughs> Let's give them the next two episodes, and then uh, we can we'll go ahead and wrap it up with the socials. So a couple of a couple more episodes you have to look forward to. Uh, we're going to recap the Naomi series premiere. Um, Naomi is a comic book character that they that the cw is bringing to life um i don't know much about it but i yes. think you do keenan right yes it's so good um i believe that ava duvernay is the showrunner for this yes yeah um which i'm just like oh well fuck i'm mm-hmm. already there yeah I was sold as soon as I, I mean, I was already already interested, but then when I saw she was promoting it on Twitter, I was like, oh shit, of course I'm watching this. Uh, female teenage black superhero. Mm-hmm. Need I say more? On a skateboard! On a skateboard! More black girls Never skating. see. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm so, so, so excited. And uh, if you listen often, you know, I do another podcast on the DC TV net, uh, podcast network and they have a podcast called uh, Naomi Podcast and on Twitter, they're at Naomi Podcast. They have released two episodes that are breakdowns of the first book. Uh, so the book is released in seasons. So basically I, I'm sure that that book, which is season one will be adapted for this first season of the show. I mean, of course, CW is going to put their spin on it. So if you're interested in getting a really good breakdown of, of Naomi's backstory, go check them out. Uh, the theme song to that podcast is a full bop. Uh, and uh, Nate and Brittany are the main hosts, and I love them. So I think if you want to get some good information on Naomi before going into the show, get it i've already pre-ordered the book so i'm hoping that it comes in before the show comes in because the just some of the panels they talked about on the podcast i was like fuck i want to see this book now so i'm hoping it's in i gotta go pick up like a bunch of comics that's cool (laughs) that's cool i think it's cool they already have a podcast about it like oh do you see uh tv podcast network is on andy is on it 
Do you hear they me? Are on top of yes. it. They're dominating the podcast, the the geek fandom podcasting game right now. Love it. Um, also, we have another episode that we're recording, um, which is a movie review of Morbius, uh, which is another, um, it's a Marvel. Yes. Sorry, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm not familiar with that either. And so that's exciting. It's going to be sort of Marvel's take on vampires. So so as we know, as any of us know, this Marvel game started with Blade, right? So in the, in the overall uh, Marvel universe, there are vampires. There's like all sorts of magic characters and stuff. And I think that they're about to take a turn into that world, which it's is- a supernatural. Yeah. Which is so upsetting because DC can't get their shit together to get all their magical character movies that have been in works for years, like Guillermo, Guillermo del Oh wow, I cannot say his name. Guillermo del Toro announced like a, a Justice League Dark po- uh, project uh, in like the early uh, 2010s that never came to anything. There was the Constantine movie with. Um, Damn it, what's that guy's name? Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. That was in like 2005. And Keanu, uh, Constantine is a major part of the Justice League Dark world. So uh, those movies, it, like it just never did anything. And so now Marvel has gotten to the point where they're starting to introduce all their magical elements to their world. And I'm like, get your shit together, mm-hmm. DC. Like their only magical character they've really done anything with that has had some popularity is Shazam. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens, but I'm I love vampire stories, and mm-hmm. if any of you watch the '90s Spider-Man cartoon, there was a Morbius arc on it, um, and so that's how I became familiar with that character. I guess I missed that one. So sidebar, uh, I was recently watched an interview with Keanu Reeves, and he actually he was asked by the interviewer of all of his films, which would he want to. Um, make a comeback or do a, a a sequel to or something like that and he said like which character he wanted to revisit and he said Constantine there have been like I think they've been trying to make this um, this Constantine kind of uh, sequel for a long time and it just never happened but now so on top of all of the Justice League Dark characters have projects in the work Zatanna who is one of my favorites she, um, Emerald Fennel, who just did a movie, she wrote a movie recently called Something Young Woman. I'll have to look it up. But she's writing the Zatanna movie. They are working on like a Madame Xanadu project. They're working on a Dead Man project. And we've seen a casting announcement for, um, not a kid, like someone's casting, but like, uh, I guess a casting call. And so they're looking at casting uh, Constantine as a Black, British man in his like late 20s so we'll see a, like a, a gender swap not gender but race a race bend of Constantine in this project for HBO mm, Max really interesting okay yeah. what's that? really cool about the magical world is that different cultures have their versions of magic right like they have their kind of magical art so you can really Pull and this project is is not supposed to be super religious. It's really just going to focus on the magic world and the like dark magic world. So like we're not going to be looking at the 
the Catholicism that you'll see you've seen in the Constantine movie or in the series because um, they just did a bunch of Constantine on uh, CW shows like he just left uh, uh, Legend of Tomorrow. Anyways, it's supposed to be really dark. So I'm crazy excited about it. And we'll be talking about that on the Justice League Dark Podcast. As whenever WB decides to give us any information because they've been tight lit since they said, J.J. Abrams is working on this project two years ago. Yeah, they're not very forthcoming with the information. <laughs> Meanwhile, Marvel is like, we're going to tell you everything. Or they at least give you teases, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Get it together, DC. <laughs> you tell them. So those socials. Um, so for the podcast, if you're interested in connecting with us, you could do so on Facebook. Uh, just find the rewind podcast on there um as well as on twitter at the rewind underscore pod and of course all this will be in our show notes um you can also follow us on instagram at the rewind podcast and on uh tiktok at the rewind pod so where else can you find us I know that some people are starting to break away from the mainstreams of the Apples and the Spotify, so we can be found on a virtual cornucopia of locations. Mm. Is that correctly? Yes, mm. so well put. That was sexy um, as fuck. So you can stream us on Anchor FM, which is where we host our podcast, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. All the places. Yes. Hunt us down, y'all. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, We'd love to hear feedback on episodes or, like, give us recommendations for future TV or film content to review that you would like to hear us review. And you can do so by emailing us at therewindpodcast1 at gmail.com. Yes, or you could visit us on anchor.fm. Oh gosh, anchor.fm rewind podcast and leave us a voicemail. Yeah, give us that voice message. And then we're dying to play, play a voice message. We want to play it. <laughs> imagine if Ronald, imagine if our Facebook friend Ronald had like left us that voice message, that comment as a voice message. Oh, I would just like listen. Yeah, like I would tell like me this. he probably has like a really nice voice. Well, I took a peep at his Facebook page and he's Australian. So um, <gasps> is he? Yes. Oh my Thank god, you, we have an Australian fan. I'm yes. now blushing all over again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're so grateful for y'all. Thank you so much. So grateful. Uh, Keenan, tell them where you can they can find you on the socials. Okay. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, the KT Walker. I was going to give the podcast <laughs> Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the KT Walker. And you can find me on Instagram at Keeks with a camera. K-E-E-K-S with a camera. Uh, I am a photographer. Sometimes I don't post things for periods, but I'm like planning or I'm like, oh, this is coming up. So I got to 
shape my content around it, but I take great pride on how I curate my content. So I really hope you uh, take a look and give me a follow. And um, for me, you can find me on Instagram at JS Taylor Writes or on TikTok at JS Taylor Writes. Or if you're a tweeter, you can find me on the Twitter at Quirky Writer Guy. And I try to tag uh, at least one of our social accounts in the show notes. And then we probably have links from those bios where you can find us. So don't worry about having to reverse this and write down anything. We try to tag it all in the show notes. We are nothing if not accessible. (laughs) So accessible. (laughs) Like some might say a little too accessible. So everyone, uh, we just ask you to be kind. And please rewind. Goodbye. Bye. Just be kind and listen to the rewind.